Hey guys, welcome to United. We're so excited that you guys are here and that you are spending your Sunday evening with us. Um, every year at the first United of the Year in January, we always start with a panel night, and it's simply a time where some of our staff and our life group leaders, adult leaders, come and share some of their wisdom and some of the things that they've gone through and some of the things that God has shown them over the years. And, uh, and the unique thing about it is that we don't just make up questions. We, we take questions from students um, and uh, things that students ask us throughout the year and, and, and things that students are wondering about. Um, and we take those questions and we answer those. And so um, hopefully some of these questions and answers are, are beneficial to you. And here's just what I want to encourage you on. Um, wisdom is always important for us. And you can never be too wise. You can never know everything. Um, and so I want to, I really, really want to challenge you to really lean into what each of these people up here is saying, um, tonight, because they have something that God has put on their hearts to tell you. And, and maybe not everything applies to you. Maybe not everything is for you tonight, but maybe one or two things will be, uh, impactful to you. And, and wisdom works in every direction. Sometimes I get wisdom from you guys. Sometimes you get it from me. Sometimes I get it from other life group leaders and vice versa. Like we can get wisdom from almost any source. And so this is a ton of wisdom up here. And so I want to encourage you, whether you're a a middle schooler, high schooler, guy or girl, I want to encourage you to really, really focus on what they're saying because they have some great insight for you guys tonight. But first I want to introduce them and I'll let them introduce themselves and uh, kind of the function they play in, uh, in beach students. Uh, Mark Evans and uh, 11th grade life group leader. I am Jessica Farah and I'm a 10th grade girls life group leader. Uh, I'm Katie Bachman and I'm the 12th grade girls life group leader. And I am Jerry Sweat and I am the father of your student pastor. There we go. But he's also the lead pastor of this entire church. And so that's why we invite him every single year um, to share with us. And it's, it's awesome to have him. Um, okay. Well, we're going to start uh, with social media. Can we start with social media? How many of you are on some form of social media? Y'all are like, can we not lie? How many of you are on some form of social media? I know not that many of you are not on social media. Anyway, okay. Uh, what's the most annoying thing? that you see young people do on social media. All right, so I had to ask my son today at lunch what this was called. It's called subtweets. <laughs> so, it just, it, it, did I get it right? That's, that's, that's right. Is it? Okay. I just think it's funny. Okay. But um, anyway, I mean, social media is just such a big deal. And if you've got an issue with one person, just like pick up the phone, call them, text them. But to put it on for everybody to see, everybody knows you're talking to someone. And so I just always think that's weird. Um, okay, my least favorite thing on social media, and I'm not, I'm not that much older, so I kind of had it in high school, but like through Facebook, which is like old people now. But um, I hate when people slide into the DMs. I think that is the dumbest thing ever. If you like someone or you're interested, go to them face-to-face and tell them, I would like to take you out to dinner or something like that. And maybe I'm really old-fashioned, but I think that works a lot better than whatever you say in Guys, it's DMs. like sketchy when you do that. It, it is sketchy. I know you think it you're cool, sketchy. but girls are like, uh... Because they tell me, and they think it's weird. 
And I know it's like normal, but stop. I can't stand like, what did I say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like recent when when people post a picture and then they post another picture to say like my picture I just posted. Just yeah, like, like you make like 18 stories, like like my recent photo. Come on, middle schoolers. I know y'all, I, I, I follow you guys and y'all all do it. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's annoying. I don't get it. Yeah. Mark? So I'm that old guy on Facebook, and, of course, I don't know what most of you guys are doing, but I'll tell you one thing. I have to demonstrate it because it's kind of funny, and it means different. It's where it's just, like, random just pictures, feet, side, side. And then I found out it's, like, the streak, I guess, it's called. So, like, when I was a kid, streaking meant a whole different story than it does nowadays. So it's just different, and I, don't, I just don't get it. Now, some of you guys have streaks for years and years and stuff, so I don't know. That's annoying to me. Yeah. Um, I get annoyed with selfies, especially selfies when you're alone in your room, especially selfies when you post three of the same picture over and over and over. It's like swipe, swipe left to look at the next picture. It's like you're wearing the same thing in the same room by yourself looking in your mirror and there's like pimple stains on your mirror. So like it's, it's not attractive. It's not cute. So, um, and, uh, and it's just kind of annoying. Like you, you, you could take more interesting pictures, but on a serious note, can I tell you like, uh, something that's annoying that I do as well, but we all need to watch on is like, I think a lot of times we, we, we put so much weight into what people think about us. And like, we like filter our lives to make people like us. And we like take all our glamour shots and all that kind of stuff. And like, I mean, only, you know, your heart, but I think a lot of times it, it just seems like we're trying to get approval from other people. And, and I think we just have to really watch kind of what we're doing when we post things and, and who are we trying to get approval from and, and are we trying to seek approval from the world and from our friends and likes and comments and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's, that's an important thing for, for us to remember with social media. Um, this one's for Pastor Jerry. How do I deal with being excluded from things my friends are doing or when a friend seems to stop being friends with me? So one of the things that um, I think that you can't be invited to everything. And I think a lot of times, and I know it hurts when you see some of your friends out at a certain event together and you weren't invited. Uh, but the truth is, we're not going to always be invited to every single thing, just like we don't all get a trophy every single time. And there are times where your, your friends are doing something. There may be a reason why the two or three of them got together and didn't invite you. And there'll be other times you'll be out doing something and they won't be invited. So um, I really think it's just one of those things that, you know, we, we, we can't overreact just because some friends are out doing stuff and we're not invited. But I do think also if you feel like a friend is like pushing you away, like they don't want to be friends anymore, um, I think, first of all, sometimes friends are just friends for seasons, right? Haven't you had friends that you knew each other and you, you kind of did life and then all of a sudden a summer goes by and you look up and it's like, we're not even close anymore. And that sometimes happens. You have seasons of friendships and that's okay too. And, um, you know, I, was, I, I think that like I don't even have a single like close friendship with anybody I went to high school with. But I've got incredible friends right now, and that's okay. So, I think um, also I used to always throw away old friends and just, like, 
forget about them, but I've realized that always always keep something from them. They all teach you something, so it's super important to not just throw them all away um, and just make sure that you're cherishing something about them. Um, this next one, I'll, uh, I'll have Katie answer. Um, we're called to love and, and we're called to forgive other people because that's what Jesus did for us, um, but it's it doesn't feel so easy for us, does it? It's, it's very difficult. So this question is, how can I love and forgive people who have hurt me? Um, well, I think the first step in forgiving someone is knowing why you are forgiving them. And for me, in my experience, the, the biggest part in why we forgive someone is when we know the depth of the grace that has been extended to us through our relationship with Jesus. And so the first step in forgiving someone is knowing how much you are forgiven, and that will make forgiving anyone and everyone in your life so much easier from then on out because Christ's forgiveness is immeasurable. It is so big, so it will make your forgiving someone so much easier. And next piece of forgiveness, and it's someone, a piece of advice someone gave me a really long time ago. It's that forgiveness is a choice. It is a, not a one-time action. It's not like you wake up on a Tuesday and you're like, eh, I forgive someone, and now it's better. Does it work like that? No. Forgiveness is you choose every single day that I'm not going to be mad at this person. I'm going to practice patience with this person. I am going to try not to talk bad about this person anymore. Forgiveness, you have to choose to forgive someone and love someone that's difficult or that's hurt you every single day. And biggest part of this is that you can't do it alone and it's not something that you're going to be able to do on your own power you have to ask the holy spirit for help in that and it's praying to him every day every second when you are angry because the world is going to tell you it's okay to be angry and you deserve to be mad at that person i can't believe they did that to you and you feel like you're justified in being mad but the Bible does not talk about that. The Bible talks about forgiving no matter what. And so it's asking for the Holy Spirit to give you patience and wisdom and love and self-control to not be angry or act in emotion and impulsiveness towards someone in a heated way. <laughs> now, I would say one, okay. one thing just on forgiveness is it. I think what you'd said about when you realize how God forgives you and how often he forgives you and and how much love is behind that forgiveness, that's when it becomes real. At least it did for me to not hold grudges and regrets. And, and, uh, uh, one of the things I've I've found is that, um, that people who want to hurt you typically are hurting themselves. And I think for myself is when I wanted to hurt somebody for maybe uh, something they said to me or something they act or disappointing me, it's probably when I wanted to act on them is because I'm hurting from, from that. So that's what I have. Um, this one's for all of us because I get this question all the time. Um, a lot of times you guys ask, how can I strengthen my relationship with Jesus or how do I spend time with Jesus daily? How do I do a quiet time? What does that even mean, a devotional, whatever? So, so what, is, what are some pieces of advice you guys have on how to spend time with God daily and how to strengthen your relationship with him? I think for me, um, what started it was when I read the Bible verse and it said, um, pray without ceasing. And I realized that I should be praying like all day, all the time. 
And so I tried to make it a habit to continuously pray to God before work, before school, before tests, whenever it was, even though my day was extremely busy. And I noticed his presence more, and I noticed more of a peace. And um, it really just strengthened my relationship with Christ and um, made me realize that I wasn't prioritizing it before and just made me realize that that nothing was more important. Um, For me... I have it really simple in my mind of it's whatever makes me love God more and love his people more. So it looks different for everyone what spending t- their time with God looks like. But it, it could be some days it's going and sitting by the ocean and just like marveling at how big it is and how big God is and just how amazing that it is that he created it. Or it's sitting and grabbing a cup of coffee with a friend and talking about what they're learning in their life with God or just hearing about their life in general. Um, You'd be amazed at what you can learn through somebody else about God. Or I've also found a lot of power in praying and praying out loud, which you might be like, oh, she's crazy. But it's not crazy. Um, I do it a lot when I drive because people just think you're talking on your Bluetooth and, you know, hands-free anyway. So, um, but speaking out loud to God in the moment when you are having a thought or you have a request or just, you want to talk to him. It's a relationship. Um, it's really powerful. And praying about something and just thinking about something is very different. And so praying about something and bringing it to God is completely different. And it's exactly what he wants us to do. So I think that's a big part in building that relationship. A couple of things for me through the years that have I found immeasurably important. One is just... Um, Years ago, I just learned the value of community, and I know many of you guys are in a life group, and there's just something about having a group of people that are in your corner, they pray for you, they uh, encourage you, Uh, when you're down, they support you, Uh, when you're straying, one of the most loving things a friend can do is help you to see, hey man, you may not see this, but you're drifting a little bit, and kind of bring you back in. And I just think about how valuable that's been through the years when maybe I didn't have the strength in myself to deal with something, but I had people that stood in my corner. And I think the other thing is just um, spending a little bit of time every day in God's Word just reminds us about His truth. And uh, we all need to hear His voice, really, um, so much more than the voices around us that um, God's voice is so important. And I think the third thing that I just found this year is uh, my sister gave me a subscription to Spotify, and my kids have taught me how to use it, and so now I'm able to uh, listen to worship music a lot, and there's just something that's really awesome about just listening, taking a little bit of time to listen to some of the music that we worship to that just keeps you close to Jesus. Yeah, for me, um, the starting line, I guess, was probably the most significant for I was on a trip. It was through this church on a mission trip and being around godly men for like the very first time and taught me how to do that, how to start. And it was spending quiet time early morning. And it worked for me because I'm an early morning guy. So I just started with that. And it just, there was something different. It was something that was missing in my life that I was able to, it was something I was receiving. It was like, I'm spending time. And it was just this, it wasn't even anything specific, but it drew me, it drew me back to want more. So I kept doing it, kept doing it, made that time intentional. That was the big thing is 
I made the time intentional and and it doesn't mean it's spent like an hour every day. It could be two minutes here or at the beach when it's quiet. And the the reward that I've seen back to it has just been amazing. Unlike really any other kind of time I've spent valuable, spending in the word. Um, and nothing, you know, you start off, there's things on your phones and apps and stuff like that. Um, and I've gradually progressed where it's like this season, you know, it started out with well, how do I even pray? And then I realized it didn't have to be anything special. It didn't have to have elaborate words, just talking to him, having that kind of relationship with him, which was really kind of, um, nice for me because I was around these godly men who knew the Lord for their whole lives and I'm just a newbie in my 30s at the time starting out had no idea and just just doing it just actually actually just starting somewhere and that was awesome and and years later it's uh, something I pursue as much as I can I, always, I don't always do it right I always say you know I definitely fail at it at times and get distracted but it's been super valuable when I am intentional with that time and and I would just remember this is a relationship. When we say that you're following Jesus, you're in a relationship with Jesus. And so how do you treat any other relationship? Like most of us don't look at our best friend and say, well, I need to text him at like 7.15 and then I need to, I need to call him right after school. And, and we, have to, we have to do three meals together a week. And, and we've got to make sure that we, we FaceTime at least once. And we've got to spend some extended time together. We've got to be uh, alone together for 10 minutes a day. Like we don't think about it that way, but that's how we treat God. It's like, well, I've got to do this, this, and this. And it's like a checklist. And, and I want to encourage you because I'm, I'm very checklisty in my mind. Like I want to encourage you and encourage myself. Like it's a relationship. So you spend time with Jesus kind of how you want to spend time with Jesus. You talk to him, you read the word, um, you listen to worship music, whatever it is, um, you listen to him, you just, you just be quiet. Um, but however you do it, remember, it's a relationship. It's not something you do so that God loves you more. It's something you do because you want to know him better. And so, um, so don't put so much pressure on yourself and be like, oh, well, I, gotta, I, gotta, I, have to do, I have to do my quiet time today. I, I have to be better. Like, just spend time with Jesus. And, uh, and if you want to start somewhere, Start in the book of Luke and read a few verses a day. Think about what they mean and pray. Go again the next day. And that's, that's a good place to start in the Bible, the, the gospel of Luke. Um, this next one uh, is for Jessica. Um, what should I do when I'm doubting God or when he doesn't answer my prayers? So this world can get super dark and scary at times. And um, it often leads us to doubt God and his goodness. And a lot of times that feeling is scary and because of it people will turn away but I would encourage you to actually bring it to God because he can handle it and he's waiting for you um, and he'll, he's ready to walk you through it and that it's okay to have those feelings but not to stay there um, that you should seek wise counsel that you should open the Bible that you should pray about it because there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there's always goodness that's going to come from it there's a promise on the other side Awesome. Um, how do I stay out of gossip and drama? Or how do I deal with gossip and drama? Um, okay. Very practical advice here. Um, I would say, and my, I think it was my mom that told me this advice a long time ago, because I uh, used to love the gossip and drama, as you know, most middle schoolers do and high schoolers, whatever. So um, my mom told me a really long time ago that if you weren't going to say um, something in front of someone's face, then don't say it at all. So I 
basically anything that I was going to say, if it wasn't something I was comfortable saying in front of that friend or in front of that person, then it wouldn't come out of my mouth. And it's kind of that age-old expression, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. But it is that simple. <laughs> and, um, and another piece of advice I would say is be very, very conscious of who you keep in your circle. Um, there are a lot of really toxic people. And um, if someone in your friend group will talk, talks about people all the time, is always gossiping and is always talking about other people, I hate to break it to you, but they're probably talking about you too. And that is the worst. And I know that probably really hurts, but... Um, those aren't the kind of people that you want to have in your life. Those aren't the kind of people that are going to build you up and ultimately point you back to Christ. And we only have so much time with friends and people, especially, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, high school and middle school is such a short period of time. Um, so make sure you're filling it with people that are positive and are building you up and are pushing you towards really good things. Um, that's why community groups and life groups here are really, really, really important. Um, so, yeah, be, be careful with the people that you surround yourself with. I think that, too, with gossiping, um, if you're in a place to call somebody out for it, then do it. And also, it goes back to that hurt people hurt people, um, that there's probably a reason for it. And if you're the one gossiping, like, search your heart and figure out why and where it's coming from. Like, there's, there's a void there of, like, if you need validation, if you need approval, if you're scared somebody else is doing it for you or to you. And so... There's always a reason behind it, and so while you want to stay out of it, you also want to just kind of be aware of where it's coming from and why it's happening, because it just, it makes you wiser, and it also, like, helps you help that person get out of it. Yeah, and, and with that, um, it just came into my head, too, is, is scripture says that careless words stab like a sword, so if if the damage, if you have something, an issue with somebody and, and, or if somebody's gossiping about you, um, being able to address that person or them with you, there's less collateral damage, if you will. I'd think if I'd much rather have, I think of how would I want somebody who's going to either gossip about me or come up and say it to my face. And I'd much rather have somebody have an issue with me to be able, even if it pissed me off, I'd rather them be able to address it and come to me with that. And that's what I think as far as going back is I look now and maybe the wisdom part is there's definitely times where I can't say that I didn't gossip. I'm sure in my life there's times that I have, but I wished after in hindsight looking back is I wish I just went up and addressed it to them face to face. I don't think anybody said this. If they did, I just missed it. But I think too, um, you don't have to be the one actively gossiping about people to still be involved in the vicious cycle of gossip. Every time you listen to someone share about some other person, you know, you, you've allowed that to become a part, you, you to be a part of that vicious cycle. So I would just encourage, um, and I know it's hard to do, but just encouraging someone, hey, listen, um, if, you haven't talked with, if you haven't talked with the person about this, then I really don't want to listen to it because that just, I'm just a part of it then. And encouraging them to go back to the person they're upset about because it's always easier to go talk to someone else about someone else than it is to actually go to them and, and talk with them about it. Yes. Yes to all of those things. Um, what is the point of going to church if I'm already saved? 
Or what's the point of going to church if, if I'm already a Christian? Why, why, should I, why should I do that? Jessica? So I think that especially if you're already saved, um, if you stop going to church, you can lose yourself. You can lose your purpose because once you're saved, God's coming after you and he's coming after what he has for you and his desire for you. And if you aren't moving with him, then you're moving almost against him. And coming to church, you're surrounded by community and you're surrounded by worship and it's helping you move towards his plan for you. Um, And so church is about growth for the saved people and it's about um, helping those who are lost come to church and come to know Jesus. And I think also just the fact that Jesus' church was his idea. And so he loved the church, and he talked about building his church and sending his people out to be the church. And so if it was, if it was near and dear to the heart of Jesus, and I think we would want to be a part of that, to grow and, as Jessica said, to be on mission. Yeah. Um, there, there's this uh, question that I get asked. We get asked every year. I get asked all the time. Um, and, and, and I think the question comes from just a misperception of what it means to be a Christian and what Jesus is all about. Um, but people will ask questions like this. If, you're, if you give your life to Christ and you kill yourself, will you go to heaven? And, and I've heard some of you ask because your friend commits suicide and you say, well, well that, that's what I heard someone say one time. Or, or, or you'll say, well, well what if you're, what if you're a, a, a Christian and, and you're gay? Or what if you're a Christian and whatever? Um, there was this guy on campus that came to FSU all the time, and he would hold up this big sign, and it said, if you're a liar, if you've had sex, if you're gay, if you've hurt someone, if you've stolen, if you've gossiped, if you've done whatever, it was this long list, and he held, it was like a 20-foot sign he would hold up on a pole, and, and, and he would say, if you've done any of these things, you're going to hell, and so people would go past this man and think, if I've ever done something like any of those things, I'm going to hell. And that is a lie. It's nowhere in Scripture that, that you will go to hell because, because you've done a certain thing, if, if you are a follower of Jesus. Because when he died on the cross, he didn't die for some sins. He didn't die for some people. He didn't die for, 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 for um, certain groups. He didn't die for um, certain sins. And that, that's what we love to do. We love to separate. We're like, well, this sin, that's worse than this sin. Well, that sin, well, nobody really knows about it, so it's really not that bad because, because it doesn't affect anybody. But, but the sin is us basically hurting others and hurting God, and, and, and we all do it. And that's why we need Jesus. And so, you know, the answer to the question is, if you're a Christian and you do any of those things, yes, you're saved. Yes, you're going to heaven. Um, Because we don't earn our way to Jesus. We don't earn our way to heaven. We are saved by grace. That's what grace is. It's looking past what we've done, past the things about us that that are wrong, past the things that we want that are wrong. and, And it's looking to the grace of Jesus and his death and resurrection for you. Um, and so, so never doubt, like if you're in Jesus, like you, you, you cannot sin your way out of it. He has covered your sin um, and, and, and he loves you and he is for you and, and, and you are saved and you will spend eternity with him. That is the difference between, between someone who, who 
knows Jesus as someone who doesn't. Because yes, if you do those things and you're not in Christ, you would spend eternity in hell, but not when you're in, in, in a relationship with Jesus. Um, how do I listen to what God says about me when the world says bad things about me or when people say bad things about me? Um, I think this is especially hard now given the way social media is and the way, I mean, we have all these negative voices coming from everywhere in our lives. It's all over the TV. It's all over our phones. It's, it's everywhere. Um, but I think that makes it that much more important for you to surround yourself with people in your life who are going to build you up, whether that be your family or your life group or keeping really good friends in your corner who are there to build you up and remind you of how valuable and important you are. And on top of that, it's immersing yourself in scripture and being in the word because that is God's voice. That is his words. Those are his thoughts. And so when scripture talks about you being fearfully and wonderfully made or so valuable, he can't even begin to describe how much he loves you. It is 100% truth. And that if you are pouring that over yourself and into yourself every day about, I am priceless, I am valuable, I am so, so loved by God, if you are reminding yourself of that every day, then all those other things that you hear in the hallways or on your phone or over social media, those things won't matter because those true voices that you hear in scripture will be so much louder than all that other stuff. Yeah, and you're the one who created you, who knows all your junk and and everything about you. When he says he is for you and that you're valuable and nothing can separate you from him and he tells you who you are, trust his voice over any other voice that's telling you anything differently. Awesome. And this, uh, this question, basically we answer it every year and it's very important because we get asked it all the time. Um... And so, so I want to make sure we hit on it every year. Um, it's this, why should we live like Jesus and not just do whatever we want if we are forgiven by him? So if we're forgiven for what we've done, why can't we just give our life to Christ and then go do whatever we want to do? Um, coming to the Lord when I was in my 30s is when I surrendered my life, is realizing the 30 years up to it, although they were great, I was living it for me. And I did it. I say they were great at the time because I didn't know any different. I did a terrible job of doing it because I was doing everything for me, how to get ahead, how I can, you know, find the right girlfriend and to go to right parties and hang out with the right people. And I was essentially in my driver's seat. I was the one driving, steering it. And although it felt good at the time, it was nothing like after learning what it felt like to let him steer the wheel for me, to get in the driver's seat and to, like, show me what it really means to be loved and to love other people and to live my life for him is just, it's, um, it, it's funny because it wasn't like this, like, aha moment for me when I came to know him. But he's, I knew over those 30 years that I look back and he was chasing me down. What's the song that we were just singing before? Is that he's chasing down? Our, yeah, Reckless Love. And um, it just resonated with me tonight too, just thinking of that. And it's something where the awesome thing about it is, like you said, he knows everything about you. He wrote your story for you, even if you're not too sure who he is yet. So I can look back now and think, oh yeah, 
he did that for me, and I can share that story with somebody else, or that pain that I went through, or that hurt, um, that disappointment, and he didn't want to waste it at all. I just didn't know at the time, because at the time, I felt like it was wasted, but now, in my 40s, and, and having a fairly strong relationship, is knowing that he doesn't ever want to waste a hurt that I've had, and it's pretty awesome now to be able to share that with others, and it, it makes me want to jump in his arms versus jump in the world, because it's just the world, I mean, I, it, it's just not anything. It doesn't even compare, right? I would say that being saved or having salvation, that is, yes, you're going to heaven and you'll spend eternity with God, but that it's, you're not just getting saved for heaven. You're getting saved for a lifetime of, I mean, it, we can't even comprehend what a beautiful life he has planned. And so when we say yes to God and we say, yeah, I'm going to give you my eternity and you can have, uh, you know, my life 80 years from now when I'm in a grave somewhere, but for the next 80 years, I'm going to live how I want to live. You're not just saying yes to your lifestyle. You are saying no to God's best. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be easy and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be comfortable, but it is going to be a life that you can't even begin to comprehend how full and beautiful. And so when you say no to being obedient to all that God has called you to, you're saying yes to a very mediocre life that isn't as great as it could be. So... And one other thing on top of that is your salvation is not just for you. And um, when you say yes to God, immediately you become an ambassador for the good news and an ambassador of what Christ is. And so when people look at your life, sometimes you're the only little bit of Jesus that they'll see in the day. So um, the way you live your life is really important because you want people to know what you stand for and why you're different and that it's because of Jesus. Yeah, I think for me, I um, actually have lived like that for a really long time where I was using Jesus as a crutch and I would go to church um, whenever I wanted, but I would live however I wanted. And it was actually way more difficult than the way I'm living now because Jesus was pursuing me and I wasn't pursuing him in the same way. And um, I was going against his best. And so like Katie was saying, I was working against God, and so I was battling against myself. And once I truly surrendered is when it got a lot easier. And I went into the passenger seat, and I let him take control. And I, the way I was living at first was just selfish, where I wanted all of, I wanted salvation, but I didn't want him to take over my life. And it wasn't until I let him take over that I realized that being selfless was actual true freedom. And that idea of like getting to heaven one day, I think that so many people miss that there is like glimpses of heaven here on earth that that is possible, that there's freedom here on earth that's possible, that becoming more like Jesus, it's it's not about what you do, it's about the way God transforms your heart. He doesn't he doesn't care about what you do. He cares about your heart and like the desires of your heart. And so just by wanting to be more like him gives him the opportunity to come in and start transforming your heart and so it starts with repentance and confession and just in those little prayers the little moments alone with him does he start to do like the bigger work yeah and I I would just answer the question is you can do that but good luck like 
your life's not going to be that great. You could, sure, you can come in here, raise your hand, give your life over to Christ, and go uh, live however you want for the rest of your life. And uh, most likely, um, if your faith was, was real, you'll, you'll go to heaven and, um, and uh, live out your eternity. But, but two things will happen. One, your life will be worse here on earth. Because the way Jesus tells us to live is actually better than the way the world tells us to live. Like, you're actually hurting yourself when you do what you want to do. Like, you think, oh, like, I want to just go get drunk and do whatever. Okay, go do it. See where that gets you. Jesus already knew the answer because he was the creator of the world. And he's like, the world's got nothing for you. The sex, the drugs, like, 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 like being selfish, all that kind of stuff. It's not actually going to be beneficial to you. So it's better to not do those things. But if you want to go do those things you'll find out the hard way that those things don't fulfill. And what Katie said is so true. Like, you're also going to trick other people into thinking, like, that's what it means to follow Jesus. So they're going to see your life, and they're going to be like, oh, I guess, I guess if I follow Jesus, I just go do whatever I want. And they're going to be tricked into this fake gospel and this fake uh, Jesus that, that they don't really understand the real deal because you're living out a life that doesn't reflect Jesus. And so it's, it's, it's very selfish because you're going to have friends around you that are going to be like, I never knew about Jesus because I just saw your life and just assumed I could just do whatever I wanted and just be like you. And, and, and that's not a place where we want to be. Um, well, that's it. Can we thank our, our panel for, for coming and speaking to us? Thank you guys so much.